1: I guess our boy Chris Carlin forgot about that 43 piece that Steph Curry put up on game four against the Celtics, but I digress. When Matt Jones Did he really of- just
2: say you would be a sheep if you have yeah. the rational opinion? Yep. That's like somebody going, you know what? The sky's green. I mean, if you want to be a sheep and say it's blue, <laughs> blue. you can, but us non sheep know it's green. Like, stop it. Just because you have a wrong opinion doesn't mean everybody else is sheep Am for actually up knowing right the now? facts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Carlin. He, he's great. So but I. this idea that, like, you can just yeah. say something crazy, that's a new thing that's happened, Freddie. Oh, People yeah. will just well, take – they'll say whatever crackpot opinion they can have, and then they'll go, <laughs>
1: and if you don't believe me, you're <clears throat> a sheep.
2: You Stop a it. Ego do you, boo.
1: You you know how that works because some people think that makes good conversation. Well, maybe it does make good conversation. but Uh, Not to me. And, again, this isn't
2: on Carlin. It's just a pet peeve of mine. When people start going that if you don't agree with them, you're a sheep. Like, they didn't get the same news from somewhere else. The only difference is, you know what I do? I follow science and reason.
1: You follow YouTube videos, and now I'm the sheep. Stop. It. I, I think sometimes they're watching YouTube videos. They're YouTube videos in their head that they actually see for That's themselves right. without even going on the computer. You
2: got me all worked up, Freddie. Me. We were having such a good time. Well, it was it was Carlin, but it was through you. You were the one that well, said
1: ho- ho- Hold on a second. Canty and Carlin, Matt Jones, Freddie, Coban, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Serious Section Channel, eighty two and How can you use, like, kind of one degree of separation? <laughs> that I got you robbed up with well, Canty Carlin and said. I ag-
2: since Canty and I agreed a minute ago uh-huh. I feel like I am channeling Canty and you are the Carlin of Canty and uh, Carlin so that's a- why I'm saying when he said it it's as if you said it so you've reversed the Oreo cookie here in terms of That's exactly that's exactly <laughs> that's, right That's what you
3: do <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. When people look at me, Matt Jones from Kentucky, they think I'm just like Canty, and they think you are just like Carlin. Somebody's really happy, isn't he? While he's oh doing God. that, I'll say tune into the ESPN Daily man. podcast, where you, you a deep dive oh, into man. a single story from one of ESPN's <laughs> hundreds of reporters. Hey boy, this is a story. It's <laughs> presented by SuperCuts. <laughs> Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Oh available God. wherever you
1: enjoy. Your podcast. Full context, there's no way I'm agreeing with Chris Carlin on that one in terms of Andrew Wiggins making a case. He's been terrific. You guys
2: basically are brothers from a different mother. We really are, Carlin.
1: although I'm sure that poor woman has no business being a part of the mother of different <laughs> sons when it comes to me and Chris Carlin. But when it comes to Game 6 with the with the NBA Finals, happening on Thursday at 9 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN Radio and ABC, I want you to check out Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst, and future Hall of Famer, when he was on Keyshawn, Jable and Max. Having this piece of advice... Jason Tatum,
4: stop settling. If you're going to settle for a contested shot, let it be in the paint, not a contested three off of a jab step
1: and in a shot over Wiggins, who is athletic as well, long arms. Like that was a, the frustrating part. A open shots that he's missing. Okay, fine, it happened. But I'm saying, get to the free throw line, see
4: some shots go in.
1: Well, getting the free throw line at times has not been a problem for Jason Tatum, but he was two for six in Game Five. The one thing and you and Canty. We're on this side with this, and I was with you with this guy with this on this one. If you're Jason Tatum, if you're going to be that difference maker, whether you got to demand the ball or whatever that has to happen, but if you're going to be that dude when those situations come up, you can't shirk away from your responsibility. And I think at times, Matt, they play too goofy for their own good. For a team that's for a team that's talented, you should not be having the kind of mindless turnovers that we've seen from Jason Tatum, that we've seen from Jalen Brown. That we've seen from Marcus Smart, their talent overrides that. But there are plenty of times that they have plus fifteen of turnovers, and anytime that happens, they never win those. Yeah, games I think I saw
2: that stat that said when they what is it when they have sixteen or more turnovers, they were something like zero and eight. Zero oh and eight, and when they didn't, they were sixteen and one. Mm-hmm. So like you know, maybe that's just what it is. I mean, maybe you know, we get paid money. You more than me. But we get paid money in order to, like, have opinions. Right. And it may be the case that all this other stuff we're blabbing about is irrelevant. Just at the end of the game, tell me how many turnovers the Celtics had. Right. If the Celtics Seriously. had less yeah. than 16 turnovers, yeah. then they're going to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night, I think what's going to really hurt the Celtics as they are as they made that long flight home is that by every objective standard, they should have won. Yes. If you tell the Celtics before the game, Steph is going to go, what, seven for 24, whatever
1: he wins. Yeah, and 0 for 9 from the three point land. And
2: line. 0 for 9 from the three point land, you're going to say, we won that game, mm-hmm. and we're going home to close out the series. Sure. They didn't. And they let a game that Golden State kind of had no business winning, they let them win. And they did it. Not because, I mean, Wiggins had 26, but it's not like he didn't hit a three either. It's not like he was crazy. They right. did it because they turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. They can look at themselves and say, we lost this game. That, I think, hurts. Now, can they overcome it? Sure they can, but I do think that hurts. And if they lose this series, mm-hmm. they will lose it because of last night,
1: yeah. not what happens in the next two games. And I go back to the shot at the end of the third quarter by Jordan Poole where he hit what I call the stuffed animal shot. You hit that shot at the carnival, you hit any stuff down when you want. And it's the second time he hit that shot in this series. Their body language was awful going into that huddle. Because I'm looking at them and saying, all right, he hit a shot like that. You still only down one, you... but I think what it was what is with three minutes to go in the half, they were
2: up six, and it looked like they were taken over. Oh, like the, the moment, quarter. the yeah. momentum had changed. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Celtics had come back. It looked like you know, it looked like they could go into halftime up ten, and somehow in those last three minutes, they went from up six to down one. I don't think it was just the Jordan pull shot in the third quarter. The the third third quarter. quarter. I'm yeah. sorry, going in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was just the Jordan pull shot. It was the wait a minute. In it. Right. We just had a six-point
1: lead what and now happened? we're down one and then golden state goes on a 7-0 run the beginning of the fourth yes. quarter and that set them back and then all of a sudden they put that pressure on themselves they started playing goofy again outside of the talent turning over to basketball so if you're the boston celtics and email Doka, the celtics head coach you can hear any message that you want but your coach may have the strongest message going to find a way to get this to a game seven this is what email Doka had to say what his message is going to be to his basketball team going into game six on thursday
2: Well, feeling the the message of the guys is to be confident going home, get your rest, and then let's get ready for it, to bring it back here. And so, for us, it's really about consistency, and and that's the thing we're not we're having we're not having throughout a full game is consistent effort, sustained effort, more so offensively than anything. And so, that's the part where we got to have uh, carryover from quarter to not only game to game, but even quarter to quarter, like we saw in the third, and then it doesn't doesn't happen in the fourth. So, um, obviously, we're all frustrated with. Tonight a little bit, but even prior, you know, quarters and games. And so our message is take it one at a time. We've been here before and did it against Milwaukee. And let's bring it back out to the Bay.
1: That's the one thing I think is on the side of the Boston Celtics, Matt. They do not handle prosperity well. But when their backs up against it, that's when they play their best basketball. The problem is you got away with it against Milwaukee. You got away with it against Miami. A third time to charm against Golden State. I don't know if that's the kind of recipe you need to try to make this a game seven.
2: Yeah, and and the other thing is, and this is not to in any way sort of bring down or or, or diminish what Giannis is, Mm -hmm. but Steph can do things to you that, like, there's nothing you can do to stop. So if Steph decides he's going to have 45 in a game and he's going to make every three, it won't matter what they do. They can play the best game in the world. They'll still lose in that scenario. So I do think that when you when you put yourself where you lose a game where Steph went 0-9 for, for threes, mm-hmm. you might still win the series. But you have now set it up that he is one magical Steph game away from you being done, and there's sure. nothing you can do about it. The difference between – I think the only other person like this is LeBron. Giannis is close. Right. But I think it's really Steph and LeBron where they can just have a game that it doesn't matter what you do. Whatever you do is irrelevant. They are still winning because this is the night they're winning and Steph can do that to you and he might do it in one of these last two
1: games. Kevin Durant's in that category too. Although but ability. Durant
2: had some of those against against the Celtics yes, and they still did. lost.
1: Yeah, that's because nobody's playing defense for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. That Warriors defense, when they got to tune it up and then tune you up, they can do some things. We'll see exactly how much confidence the Celtics are going to have, even though down three games or two, because they've been in this series in this situation before, or we will see a game seven over the weekend on sunday he is matt jones hit him on twitter ky sports radio can
2: um, i say ask you something real quick for break? Yeah, sure i just see these these ads on sports center which yes. is an espn property so i think right. i can ask you about
1: it i hope there's so. this
2: movie for bullet train this oh, ad for with, the movie bullet with, train with brad pitt with brad pitt, with
1: brad pitt. Yeah. they have Paperboy from the show atlanta mm-hmm. did you know he was british yes i did you'd be surprised how many Actors who play American parts, are but overseas. I am shocked—he's British. Like I
2: wasn't shocked that yeah. Ildris Elba was British, yeah. but Paperboy is Paperboy. British. You, like I thought he yeah. had the whole Atlanta yeah. Southern thing down. Yeah.
1: I'm shocked. Yeah. You should have heard the conversation. I have my mother, Maddie Coleman. She found out MLK in the movie. Um, now, what's from the song Glory, and that that actor was British. Wow. She was stunned. She, goes, why is everybody British? Because they talk so well. <laughs> anyway they finish that, what you were doing that, sorry to interrupt they have that proper pronunciation and diction when it comes to i don't think
2: you sounded british at all i'm you not just even sounded, trying to just, all you not did was speak softly
1: <laughs> exactly not even trying to for that standpoint <laughs> matt jones and freddie Coleman here on Canty and carlin presented by progressive insurance don't forget the phone number triple eight say espn eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 3776 you hear who shaded draymond green for his lack of stellar play the first four games and that person got holy hell on Twitter because of it. That's next on ESPN Radio.
5: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle Cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: And welcome to the Shucky Ducky. That's the Cat and Carlin show on ESPN Radio, the ESPN Amp, Serious Exit Channel 80 with Matt Jones and Freddie Coleman. Before we get to Draymond Green getting Twitter chained by an NFL superstar or a burgeoning superstar. We had this whole conversation. It all started- Are you going to make me do this on the air? No, 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 no. no. I'm not going to make you do it on the air. We had a whole conversation between Matt, me, Ryan, Sam, and Shannon in terms of not like culture wars anything like that. But we were talking about black actors having a British accent before we went to break. And I about the conversation my mom had with me when she found that David Oyelowo was playing Martin Luther King in Glory and found out he was British.
2: And I was shocked that paperboy from Atlanta was right. British.
1: I still can't believe he's British. <laughs> and it went from there to Tyler Perry movies to Comic View where one guy would come on and say Well, no, let me just give the context. And the I said would quack quack.
2: I said <laughs> that, like so I'm like Freddie is my guy. And like I like Freddie and I'm and, and they're th- and Freddie and versa. the guys back here, they're talking about how great Tyler Perry movies are. And I just said, like, I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what I don't get it. Like I don't know what I'm missing. And I was talking about when I would watch Comic <laughs> and Sam View. Sam is still
1: laughing about that by the way. I would watch
2: B.E.T. Comic <laughs> View when I was in, in college. Right. And comedians would come out there sometimes and, and like there was this guy, he would just come out and he'd go shucky ducky and everybody would go quack quack quack," quack. and they would just start laughing and i would sit there and i would say what am i missing and then there was a guy who would come out and he'd just go hamburger and everybody would laugh and i would sit there in kentucky and go man I want to. I want to reach out to people. Yes. Like I want to be right. a man that is like cultured, right. but I don't understand Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. And I was yeah. trying to get you to help me understand.
1: Put it this way, and I've said this for the longest time because when you have to traverse different worlds, like I've had to, you know, going to. Let's be honest. I didn't go to an HBC. I went to a white college in Mansfield, Pennsylvania, and even in our business, it's going to be predominantly white, yeah. more than predominantly black. But there's certain things that's a part of our culture that plays to our culture because they know that's going to work in terms of what you mentioned. But
2: why does it work? Why does Shucky Ducky and, he, and, I, and then somebody says quack, quack, why is that funny?
1: Now, that's a great question. But for <laughs> those who knew about that, that was his trademark. And anytime he comes to Shucky Ducky and quack, quack was the response, that was his trademark. Okay, so what's a, okay, so
2: are you I guess I need a trademark. What can my tra- can my trademark just be like? This ought to be interesting. You're gonna ask a person My trademark will just be ice cream and then everybody'll go. <laughs> sweet what? sweet. Sweet sweet How do we get here? <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna do. Every time I come on, every time I come on ESPN, <laughs> When I'm on ESPN Radio, I'm just going to go, it's Freddie Coleman and ice cream. And sweet, have sweet, to go, sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Freddie is in the floor
1: laughing. Oh, my God. But see, D.L. Hughley always said something. I said, you better be ready. I'm dropping that before this show is over. I'm, I'm and when will, it is, well, I better hear a sweet, sweet. I'm, I'm going to be ready. i got to have okay. company. All right. But D.L. Hughley always says something. He's one of my favorite comedians. He said... Everybody is different. doesn't make one better than the other. It just makes it different. Something that's funny to somebody else may not be funny to somebody else. That doesn't mean the person does not have a sense of humor. It just may not be for them. And he always said that it's okay to embrace differences. For example, many black people never thought Seinfeld was funny, for that example. So you don't yeah.
2: think Seinfeld is funny?
1: I think Seinfeld is funny, but I guarantee you, you line up 10 black men, I'm going to be the only one or two that's going to think Seinfeld is funny. For whatever reason, it just didn't transfer to black Americans. That doesn't make them devoid of comedy. It just didn't find it. Are you trying to funny. tell
2: me? No, no, I understand. You tried to tell me when Larry the Cable Guy says, get her done, you didn't laugh.
1: A lot of, I didn't, I didn't, just I didn't so you find know, funny.
2: Just so you know, I didn't laugh either. Yeah. I thought that was the worst thing I've ever yeah.
1: heard. But see, to me, he's funnier than that. But that's his trademark. Get her done, and the audience would respond. That's his trademark. He's a funny comedian, Larry the Cable Guy. That just never appealed to me, the whole get her done thing.
2: Well, it didn't appeal to me either. But I'm glad. See, yeah. this is the good thing yep. about radio. We are, we are all coming together as one. It's like it's a we are the world moment yeah. all brought to you by hamburgers. <laughs> you didn't say it, though. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you didn't say it. Well, no, no. They, he didn't have a response. I'm talking about he you. Just, yours. I'm talking okay, about Okay,
1: fine. Ice cream. Sweet, sweet. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> Matt Jones Freddie Coleman are and <laughs> in on ESPN Radio. At least Draymond Green was sweet, sweet when it comes <laughs> to game five. Micah Parsons was shading him on Twitter. We're going to tell you exactly what he had to say after you hear what Draymond Green had to say about what he was doing, critiquing his own performance, especially he played well in Game 5.
4: Yeah,
2: I felt uh, more like myself, just aggressive on both sides of the ball. I thought I felt a little more like myself in Game 4 as well uh, after an atrocious Game 3. But...
4: You know, just got to continue to build, you know. And I think tonight's a great start. Now looking forward to going into game six with the same energy and effort.
1: Many people criticized Draymond Green leading up to game five, including Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. He put on Twitter when about Draymond the first four games, he said, man, F that. Hey, Warriors, sign me to a 10-day. I can put a better numbers in the minutes than this. And boy, did he get trolled on Twitter when he said that. Trey Erickson said, no, you can't. Stop that crap. You'd get embarrassed in any NBA game against any team in the league. Stick to losing important games with your team. That man has three rings. Where yours at? I will say this about Draymond Green. He played within himself last night. He wasn't jacking up threes. He wasn't just sticking on the outside. He did the screen and roll. In other words, he played to his strengths and he was able to minimize and have an impact on the game without antics, without mouthing off and all those other things that bother a lot of people, but has been a center to the game of Draymond Green and his success.
2: Well, I mean, I think that's the key thing. When you talk a lot, you better be as good as the talk. And for Draymond, I I think this goes way back for Draymond. First of all, I think a lot of people, myself included, never thought he was as good as the talk was about him. Sure. That there was a sense of if he wasn't on this team, what would he be? Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't very valuable. He's a great defensive player. And there was a time when he was a pretty good shooter that could keep defensive defenses honest. But now that he's not that shooter – but he still talks and arguably talks even more. I think that actually is why people sort of revel in his struggling. That's fair. He's still very important to the team. Defensively, what he does, his ability to guard guys that are much quicker than him still amazes me to to to, to now. But he does hurt them in the sense of he's kind of, like, nowadays not a lot of guys play Freddie that can't shoot threes. Like, almost every – like, there's not a ton of guys who get on that floor and can't shoot threes, and he is now one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that is why people pick at him. But it's all because of his mouth. But yeah. his mouth is going to make him a lot of money when he retires, so I can't hate him
1: about Yeah, it. his mouth is making him a lot of money now. Yes. With his I mean, podcast. his podcast is
2: number one in America today Absolutely. in sports. Yeah. And that's because he of his mouth.
1: Yeah, and also because – when he speaks, he doesn't sound like an, an imbecile on the air. You may disagree with what he has to say, but there's an educated man behind those words, whether you like them or you don't like them. And Draymond Green is good with all that smoke. But the one thing that you said in modern basketball, it's not about taking threes. You better have the ability to make them. And if you can't, you got to do something different. Games one through four, he didn't. Game five, he did and it had a big effect for Golden and, State. But there
2: are, this is what's amazing. There are very few. I mean, I can count them on under one hand. Yes. Guys who are his size that can't make threes. You can, like you You'll see seven-footers like Robert Williams. Right. DeAndre but to Aiden, see a guy yeah. of his size mm-hmm. be effective and not be able to shoot from outside, yeah. you just don't see that a lot anymore.
1: And you wonder if he's going to change that and not hamper his game because at a certain point he's going to have to be able to do that to help Golden State, whether it's this series or in the future, whatever that's going to look like. Hit us on Twitter. We always love to hear what you have to say and see what you have to say at KY Sports Radio. That's Matt's handle. My handle at Coleman ESPN. Freddie coming to Matt Jones, Infocanti, and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. So, what was it like to be in Cleveland today when Deshaun Watson faced the media and the music, at least for today? That's next on ESPN Radio.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: He is Matt Jones and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us in Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. 6 X and Channel 80, as well as TuneIn. So, Deshaun Watson at practice today for the Cleveland Browns, he had a chance to speak to the media after it was all said and done. And he was asked the question the NFL says they're going to be finishing the investigation regarding these civil suits and allegations. How concerning is it to Deshaun Watson?
3: Yeah, I can't control that. You know, I met with the, the NFL um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I did everything they asked me to do. I answered every question truthfully uh, that, that the NFL asked me. Um, I spent hours with those, with those, with the people that they brought down, and that's all I can do is just tell them and be honest and, and tell them exactly what happened. And they, I know they have a job, and so I have to respect that, and that's what we want to do is cooperate. And, you know, they have to make a decision best for the, uh, the league.
1: Let's bring in Jake Trotter, ESPN Browns reporter. Always does a terrific job. Part of ESPN NFL Nation. Him on Twitter at Jake underscore Trotter. Joining Freddie Cohen and Matt Jones on Canty and Carlin. All right, Jake. With all that around, what was your reaction with Mark? With excuse me, with Deshaun Watson having a chance to speak about his situation to the media?
3: Yeah, Freddie. I thought most interesting was that he decided to speak. It was unclear if he was going to talk during minicamp. He hadn't spoken during OTAs at all and hadn't spoken since his introductory press conference in Cleveland on March 25th and it was unclear until about a two or two or three minutes before he spoke that he was going to speak. So that was interesting uh, just given his situation and then you know I I thought the exchange that that I had with him about you know whether he stood by his statement from March 25th given new information that's come out the new allegations when he said on March 25th I've never disrespected a woman in my life, and I have no regrets about any of my actions uh, during these massage sessions. Now, he did say that he regrets the impact uh, that the allegations have had on people around him and the Browns fan base and the Browns, you know, his friends and family. But he essentially doubled down on maintaining his innocence and that he has no regret about his actions during these sessions.
2: So, Jake, I don't really understand exactly where this is going to go with the NFL. And so I guess I almost have two questions for you. Do the Browns expect Deshaun Watson to be suspended? And if so, for how much? And then, as these cases go, have you gotten any sense of how that would change anything? For instance, if they have a case go to trial and one of these women wins and the court finds that he did do something nefarious would he be done with the league? Would his suspension be longer? Like, have you gotten any sense of how this is going to proceed?
3: Yeah, so let's start with your first question. You know, when the Browns first traded for Watson, you know, the expectation, I think the prediction from a lot of people within the organization was that if he did get suspended, it would be in the four to six game range. You know, some people were more optimistic, suggesting he wouldn't get suspended at all. You know, I think some people were more Pessimistic, but you know, in the last two to three weeks, and everything that's come out, I know there's some people in the building that are bracing for a more significant suspension potentially. Now, the NFL they don't have to wait for these civil cases to be resolved. The NFL can do whatever it wants, and if they, if the league decides that uh, there's enough there for them to move forward on a suspension, they'll do that. Now, as far, your, as, far as your second question, I mean, these civil trials are not going to happen until next offseason. So is the NFL going to say, we're going to wait for these civil trials to be resolved? And, oh, by the way, I don't think they're going to finish 24 individual trials in one offseason. So is this going to go all the way to 2024?
2: I just No, I Jake, actually, I had a league. different question. Like, like, my question was almost like if, if I guess if he did these things, then he probably shouldn't play period like ever. And I guess what I'm saying is let's say they suspend him now. Well, I don't understand what a what is four games? What does that even mean? Like either if you think he did it, how's he only get four games? But what if they suspend him now and then he later is found to have done it, are they going to just say, "Well, we suspended you four games last year, so it's fine." It just feels like to me that nothing they do will really make
3: sense. And, again, this is just me speculating. I haven't heard this. But, you know, I go back to Miles Garrett with the helmet swing uh, during the 2019 season. The NFL did not suspend Miles Garrett for the last six games of the season. They suspended him indefinitely, which gave them the option to I review see. the situation in the off-season. So, to your point, like, that could be something that they take a look at if they if they just want to suspend him now, but they want to reserve the right to... Reevaluate based on newer information that comes out, either, you know, that, that's more damning or exonerating, they, they could do that as well. I don't know what the NFL is going to do. The NFL has been incredibly mum on this particular investigation. I mean, they haven't really even provided much of a timetable for when they're going to announce anything, but they do have a window coming up between the end of mini camp, which ends on Thursday in Cleveland, and the start of training camp in late July. I have a hard time believing that we're going to be in late July and training camp is going to be starting in Cleveland and the NFL will have made no determination whatsoever. But I understand your point. I mean, it is a complicated situation because it's ongoing. It's just, and it's not, there's no end in sight barring, you know, a bunch of settlements, which neither side has indicated in any way that they're interested in right now.
1: Jake Trotter does a great job as ESPN Browns reporter joining Freddie Coleman and Matt Jones and Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, what was the overall reaction when he had a chance to speak, whether it was players, media, et cetera?
3: Yeah, so, you know, Kevin Stefanski spoke first, the head coach, and, you know, he basically, whenever he gets asked the Deshaun Watson question, he just says oh. some version of we're just going to let the legal proceedings play out, which is what he did today. And then, uh, you know, uh, Jeremiah Walsow-Karamoa spoke. Uh, their outstanding second-year linebacker. And then it was Watson, and that was it. So nobody really got a chance to ask anybody about anything off of what Deshaun Watson said today. I can tell you, Freddie, you know, that that, that his teammates, you know, a lot of them have said, you know, Miles Garrett, for example, said, you know, it's none of my business. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. All I can go off is my interactions with him in the building, and they've been good. Uh, so that that's kind of where I think a lot of his teammates are, at least publicly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think what's going to be interesting is once the NFL does decide something, what, what what those teammates have to say, because this is a roster that is loaded. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a Super Bowl contending caliber roster, but that's only if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. If he's suspended for, let's say, 10-plus games, uh, this team is not going anywhere, especially in an AFC that's absolutely loaded. Oh, by the way, the quarterback position above all else.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, Jake, always keep us updated, my friend. Always great work, my man. Take care and be well.
3: Okay, guys, take care. Jake,
1: you, Jake Trotter, ESPN Browns reporter, like we mentioned him on Twitter, Jake underscore Trotter, joining Freddie Coleman and Matt Jones, part of Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Roy McElroy can't stop, won't stop when it comes to all those defectors from the PJ Tour. Hear what he had to say next on ESPN Radio.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
5: It's really painful to watch a guy like Jason Tatum play as poorly as he has in huge spots in this series. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. Chris, listen, we anointed him as a top five player in the league mm. and he is really disappointed in this series. For me, he's out uh, for you. He's out now uh, after last night, five for 21 in the fourth quarter in this series and just a a non-factor in in so many ways. And I can't get over the fact that that's the case, especially when you consider how much he is turning the basketball over. That number is just getting worse and
4: worse by the day. Yeah, Carlin, it's ugly. I mean, there's no way to paint a pretty picture for it. Jason Tatum has turned the ball over an awful lot, not only in the NBA Finals, but throughout the playoffs, Carlin. Yeah. Do You know how many turnovers Jason Tatum has in this playoffs? How many? 95 turnovers Ooh. in 23 games. Wow. I mean that's over 4 a game. That's
5: unbelievable. That's what you're looking at.
4: That's that's what it is. And so last night when you have 11 more turnovers than the Golden State Warriors that leads to 22 points for the Golden State Warriors you're probably not going to be in a good spot. Because let's face it, Golden State in the half court has struggled to find an identity this series. And Boston, they're so much better defensively when they're able to set up in the half court. But when you get out in transition, when you have runouts, when guys are rebounding and Draymond Green is playing point forward, that's when Golden State is their most dangerous. And that's when they can take advantage. And you're feeding right into that if you're Boston with all of the turnovers. So, To me, that's going to be one of those things that we point to. Matter of fact, it might be the thing that we point to, Carlin, and when we say, okay, this is why the Boston Celtics lost the NBA Finals, it's all of the turnovers on the offensive end, and Jason Tatum is the poster boy for it.
5: And I'm glad that you said it that way, because if the Celtics lose this series, it's actually going to be more about the Celtics losing this series than it is about the Warriors winning this series. Because, well, and the, the reason I'll point to that is the turnovers overall and because the number is so starkly different when they turn it over too much in a game.
4: Yeah, and I mean – And it they, happens t- too often. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we, we look back at the last two series, right? Jason Tatum, when he has less than four turnovers, you're talking about the Cs being 5-0. and o. When he has more, four turnovers or more, you're talking about them being 1-6. So, I mean, that's the difference. Just don't turn the ball over, Jason Tatum, and your team is going to be in a much better place. But I don't know that that's something that they can help because this is just who the Boston Celtics are. Robert
6: Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI.
1: With Matt Jones, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, 6XM Channel 80, as well as tuning in, presented by Progressive Insurance. Big thanks to our guests today. Myron Metcalf, ESPN College basketball reporter, RG3, Robert Griffin the Third, ESPN NFL analyst, Ryan Hollins of the Houston Rockets TV analyst fame, Chris Canty, the host of some show named Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and Jake Trotter, ESPN Browns Report. They all joined us here. But now that that is gone, that doesn't mean we're finished, especially when it comes to this.
2: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is 3 and That's right. It is time for three and out. I just tapped Freddie out because it is up to me to finish this with excitement. He's getting tired like Tatum in the fourth quarter. And so Rory McIlroy is going to be my first one. Rory McIlroy seems to be the biggest defender of the PGA tour. He is not happy with the folks that went to the live tour. And as a matter of fact, he basically said he doesn't respect them anymore.
6: No, I, (laughs) I, I, I understand. I, um, Yes, because a lot of these guys are, you know, in their late 40s or, you know, in Phil's case, you know, early 50s. And, yeah, I think everyone in this room, and, and they would say to, say to you themselves that their best days are, are behind them. Um, and that's why I, I don't understand for the guys that are a similar age to me going, because I would like to believe that my best, day, <clears throat> my best days are still ahead of me, and I think theirs are too. Uh, so that's where it feels
2: like you're taking the easy way out. I love the shade. First of all, he yeah. says some of those dudes are just old. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just old and decrepit. They can't play anymore. Right. And then the ones my age are taking the easy way out. What a way to just smack down everybody, Freddie.
1: Well, Rory McIlroy has always, always been about keeping it honest. Some people keep 100. He always keeps it honest. Although every time I hear him, I feel like you two and the chieftains are gonna come out with Van Morrison somewhere because I love his accent being from Northern you Ireland. Hit, you think he's gonna go oh, the peaky blinders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so when the polls re- reunite, we'll know why, because of Roy McElroy. But I'm with him on this one because if you're Roy McElroy, you think you made your choice. I don't hear your combat stories. I don't hear your excuses. And I'm gonna support a tour that's always supported me. And Roy McElroy's been very strong in his opposition to what they do. He said, I understand what you guys did, but you know what? that doesn't mean that I'm going to like it and you're going to hear about it and he's not going to stop saying anything that he feels that he is right when it comes to the PJ Tour and the defect is going to the Live, live Golf and Series. And he's
2: making a good point. He's like, look, this is where the best players are. Absolutely. Most of those dudes are old. Mm-hmm. You went to go play with the old guys, so yeah. now don't say you're better than me. Right. Here's the thing, though. Whoever wins the U.S. Open, it has a much bigger thing this year. Like, if Dustin Johnson were to win oh, it, boy. like, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's why I think it's really important to the PGA Tour that one of their guys uh, wins it. Now, yesterday, Clay Thompson. You know, there's that guy. He dresses as Clay Thompson. He like looks like him. He wears the uniform. He's Clay Thompson. You know, after he's had some food, like after he's visited. (laughs) So he's Clay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's like you know, he's Clay (laughs) after you've been out and eaten McDonald's for a while. In his case, but but he still looks like him. And he looks like him so much Mm -hmm. that last night he walked into the arena through five sets of security. Nobody stopped him. And he went and he shot on the floor, allegedly, for 10 minutes, warming up until somebody came and said, Chubby Clay sure does miss a lot. Maybe (laughs) that's not Clay. He says he has video that's coming out tonight. I'm excited to see it. The Warriors have now banned Chubby Clay for Uh life. Do you think that's an overreaction? No.
1: You can't have people just walking onto a floor, an NBA floor, although I question their hiring security practices. How do you not know what Clay Thompson looks like? If somebody looks out there and he looks like a cast off and Fat Alvin and the Cosby Kids, <laughs> masquerading as an NBA player, I'm thinking those guys need or people need to be better with security. How do you not know the difference between fat Clay and the real Clay? That's See, what I want to know. I-, I think you've hit the point. I would not
2: ban Clay, uh, Fat Chubby Clay, because you know what? He just walked. It was their fault they didn't stop him. And further, I would get rid of the security because all he did was walk in. It's mm-hmm. up to them to tell him to stop. As far yeah. as he knew, it was just an open gym that you were allowed to shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah and he, with uh, NBA well, players. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he doesn't know who's going to show up for the pickup. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I am on Chubby Clay's side. I think he is the one that was correct. I think the Warriors are wrong. Finally, okay. did you see the movie Joker with uh, yes, Joaquin have. Phoenix? Good movie. Right? You, Disturbing, you that? but good. Yeah, so they're going to do another Joker. Okay. And two facts came out about it, and I'm not sure which one disturbs me more. Okay. One is that Lady Gaga is going to be in it. Well, Actually, that act. doesn't disturb me because yeah. I like Lady yeah, Gaga. And I she thought she was great yep. in that movie with Bradley
1: Cooper. Absolutely. A Star is Born. Yep. But
2: the other one is it's going to be a musical.
1: What do you think about Joker Two as a musical? If we didn't do Joker as a musical with Jack Nicholson and the late great Heath Ledger, there's no reason to do a Joker Two as a musical. But if you got Lady Gaga, it's like the old Elvis theory. Well, you got Elvis in the movie, got to sing some songs. Maybe really so, and sense. you know
2: Joaquin Phoenix, he played Johnny, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, so we know he can. In sing. Walk the Line, That's so true. we know he can sing. Yes, we so. do. Yes, we do. I don't know, man.
1: I love the Joker. We got to get that Batman. (laughs) We got to take him down. Is that your song? Let's do a a little. Let's sing us out here with a little 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 get that Batman. No, that's enough of that. Two two bars is all you're getting.
2: All right. Well, it's been fun. He's been Freddie Coleman. I've been Ice Cream Matt Jones. Sweet, sweet. That's right. It's Canty and Carlin.
4: We'll see you later on ESPN Radio.
3: Sweet,
2: sweet. Sweet,
4: sweet. sweet. (laughs)